It's the fourth Sunday of Lent here at Good Shepherd Catholic Church in State College, Pennsylvania. The date is March 15, 2015. Today's readings come from the second book of Chronicles, chapter 36, verses 14 through 16 and 19 through 23, as well as Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. The Gospel proclamation comes from John, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Today's homily is given by Deacon Jack Orlandi. Our first reading today is from the book of Chronicles. And it is a historical theological summary of the kingdom of Judah from the 9th to the 6th centuries BCE. This history sounds all too familiar. The people failed God and ridiculed and often killed his prophets who were trying to get them to change. The Babylonian captivity was their punishment, and it ended under Cyrus, king of Persia. A reading from the second book of Chronicles. All the leading priests and the people were exceedingly unfaithful, following all the abominations of the nation, and they polluted the house of the Lord that he had consecrated in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their ancestors, persistently sent his messengers to them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord against his people became so great that there was no remedy. Therefore, the Lord brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, who burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire, and destroyed all its precious vessels. The king took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword, and they became servants to him and his sons, until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had made up for its Sabbaths. All the days that it lay desolate, it kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in the fulfillment of the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia so that he sent a herald throughout all his kingdom and declared in a written edict, Thus says the King Cyrus of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, May the Lord his God be with him. Let him go up. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the passage that follows from his letter to the Ephesians, St. Paul teaches us that salvation is the free, generous gift of God. We can't earn it, but we receive it as a gift. If that's true, then why do we try so hard to be good? A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. 
God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, God might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. This is not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Father Charlie and the team did make it back home last night. Saw Father Charlie this morning, and they said they had a great trip. So if you see them, ask him what Jamaica's like. Bill Zerke's in a sling. Elaine has, from using hammers and hammers and nails, has bandages on. So it must have been a real good trip for him. You know, they worked hard, and that's what they went for. Well, we couldn't tell by yesterday and this morning, but it has been a beautiful week. It was sure nice to see the sunshine this past week and the snow finally start to melt. I actually realize I do have a lawn underneath all that snow. Believe it or not, spring starts this coming Thursday. You got to believe that the worst of winter is behind us. Today in our gospel, we hear part of a story regarding Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a Jewish teacher and held a high position in the leadership. Nicodemus has been waiting for a sign that God's promise of salvation through a savior would happen in his lifetime. 
He senses that maybe this Jesus is the Savior. But he does not yet believe in Jesus, as in emphasized by his coming secretly to Jesus in the night. Jesus tells Nicodemus what it will take for his salvation, for him to believe in Jesus as the one sent by God. And the same is true for us today. Tucked away in our gospel today is probably one of the most famous verses in Scripture. We see it everywhere, on ball caps, on t-shirts, some crazy guy in a rainbow-colored wig at a sporting event. Did you recognize it? Well, I don't have my multicolored wig with me today, but maybe this will help. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. But as a famous radio commentator, Paul Harvey, would say, now for the rest of the story. Yes, God so loved the world that he gave us his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish and have eternal life. But we need to look at the next two verses to see how they really apply to us. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The question for us is, do you believe? We believe many things even though we can't see them. We believe there are rocks on the moon, even though we've never been there. We believe there are nice things wrapped up inside of Christmas presents for us, even though we can't tell for sure until we open the box. We believe we have a heart, that it's the right size, although we've never actually seen our heart. And although we can't see God, we believe in him. We believe he is real, and with that, he loves us. In fact, he loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Believing is the first step to real salvation. So our question is, do you believe? There once was a man who was skeptical about God. He and his family lived in a farm community. His wife was a devout believer and diligently raised her children in the faith. He sometimes gave her a hard time about her belief and mocked her religious observances. It's all nonsense, he said. Why would God lower himself and become a human like us? It's such a ridiculous story. One snowy day, she and the children left for church while he stayed home. And after they had departed, the winds grew stronger and the snow turned into a blinding snowstorm. He sat down to relax in front of the fire for the evening. 
And then he heard a loud thump, something hitting against the window. And still another thump. He looked outside but couldn't see anything. So he ventured outside for a better view. In a field near the house, he saw the strangest things, a flock of geese. They were apparently flying south for the winter. And they, became too, they came into the snowstorm. And the storm was too blinding and violent for the geese to fly or see their way. They were stranded on his farm with no food, no shelter, unable to do more than flutter their wings and fly aimlessly around. He had compassion for them and, and wanted to help them. He thought to himself, the barn would be a great place for them to stay. It's warm, it's safe, and surely they could spend the night there to wait out the storm. So he opened the barn doors for them. It seemed the birds didn't notice the barn, so he moved closer toward them to get their attention. But they just moved away from them out of fear. He went into the house and came back out with some bread, broke it, and made a bread trail to the barn. Still, they didn't catch on. He tried to shoo them toward the barn, but they panicked and scattered into every direction except toward the barn. Nothing he did could get them to go into the barn where there was warmth, safety, and shelter. Feeling totally frustrated, he exclaimed, why don't they follow me? Can't they see the only safe place there is, is the barn? How can I possibly get them into that one place that can save them? He thought for a moment and realized that they just wouldn't follow a human. The only way for me to become like those geese, he thought, if only I could become like one of them, then I could save them. They would follow me, and they would follow me to safety. At that moment, he stopped and considered what he had just said. The words reverberated in his mind, if only I could become like one of them, then I could save them. Then at last, he understood God's heart towards mankind, why he sent his son to save us. Lent gives us the opportunity to see where we stand in our belief of John 3.16. Do we believe that God sent his son to save us? Do we believe that God sent his son to institute the Eucharist on Holy Thursday? Do we believe that God sent his son to endure the sufferings and death of Good Friday? Do we believe that God sent his son to rise from the dead on Easter morning to save us? Or are we like Nicodemus, still searching for Jesus in the dark of the night? John 3.16 is a great verse to remind us how much God truly loves us, that he did give us his only son. But for us, we need to look at the next two verses. They are critical for our salvation. Perhaps when we see the sign John 3.16 held up, we need to hold up our sign that says John 3.16. 
16 through 18. The question is, do you believe? For more information about Good Shepherd, including upcoming events, please visit us online at goodshepherd-sc.org.